hell of a lineup going on here, guys. of the unwanted back boy what day is it it is june 20th 2022 the state rules anarchy sucks ricky take it away (laughs) uh well just to remind people i know i do this every show but some people don't know the audio version is available on all the podcast apps so check it out it's Typically within a day or two, it's available everywhere. It's live streamed on Rockfin every other Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and then also eventually available on Odyssey uh, within the week. So uh, definitely live stream or watch live stream if you can. But if you can't, no big deal. You'll be able to find it in other locations. And today we have, um, and the youhavedonewanted.com, you can find all the links there. Uh, today we were going to get in, well, the world has lots of problems and there's a lot of different philosophies on how to resolve those and we kind of want to get into some of those things and we, we got ronnie who who lives in finland and lives in a socialist country we have uh people who have different ideologies in regards to more libertarian views more left-leaning views and we kind of wanted to uh i guess try to filter out the bad ideas and and challenge some ideas and uh and kind of you know try to uh, learn a little bit in the process. So is there anything that somebody wants to start off with or you, you want to get into let, first? Let me just be the first to say, fuck anyone who doesn't agree with me. So <laughs> <laughs> you're going to fit in nicely here, Nico. Perfect. Perfect. Um, well, I want to say something. So, um, you know, I wrote a book with Jeff Berwick. He is the f- uh, founder of Anarchapulco, the largest anarchist convention in the world. It happens in Acapulco, Mexico. And we go to these conferences and we talk about the idea of the state. Now, we're all born into this world and in this current incarnation, we're all used to living under the state. And it occurred to me that there's got to be a better way to do things. And you go to these conferences and you hear about these ideas of how to view things differently. How are we going to, you know, how should we craft society? What should we do? Who should be in charge? What are the rules? Things like that. And it's, it, for a lot of people, it's very difficult to wrap your head around the concept of there not being a state. So maybe the first place to start is to understand or to talk about why the state exists. And obviously we have our problems with it for sure. Is there, is there a version of the state that we can live with or does it all have to go? So, you know, we've got a lot of different people like here. We've got have to define what a state is, right? Right. right. Like, I think that we call a state um, in many countries before obviously colonialism, they, they would just call it a tribe or a region and they would still, but still have a governance, although it would be obviously different than what we would consider governance today, there was still some type of consensus of how things should be run. And there was a group effort to maintain that. So I guess we would first have to, de- have to define a state. Right. Right. And we know that when you're in tribes of, you know, when, when we were a smaller uh, number of people on this planet, we were in tribes and that worked fine. But once 
the statistical analysis of that shows that once you get above like 300 people, it becomes more difficult to manage this tribe where everybody shares everything and human nature takes over. So how much of this is human nature and how much of this is a uh, top-down control being set up by oligarchs that figure, well, the best way to control these sheep is to create a concept of the state and, and run this uh, with somebody in charge and everybody else following the rules. So uh, I'm interested to know, um, you know, who, who's, who's lived in a better system than this current. So like we've got, like you mentioned, Ronnie as living in, in a socialist country. Uh, I live let's in talk Florida. about, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I like to say I live in cold Florida. I live in Iowa. So it's cold. It's cold. I live Florida. in Miami. I live in cool Florida. <laughs> Not cold, but we still cool. <laughs> Well, can we find any, is there anything about the state that we can say we need, we appreciate, we, we, we want, is, or, or is it, or are we just sort of unable to crack this paradigm because it's just the most familiar one that we've grown up in? I, you I know, that, oh, sorry. Okay. No, 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 okay. please go. Yeah, I would say that, you know, I think, uh, uh, a solution that the state can provide is to protect uh, peaceful people against violent people. Okay. Um, if there's going to be any type of tribe, obviously that, that I would consider that probably number one. Um, and I would think that everybody would agree that, Hey, if we had a security force, whether you call it the police department or private security or whatever, that would be, uh, you know, something that, that the tribe would consider, you know, a function of a state or an organization to uh, to protect people of that of that tribe. Okay. So uh, let, let me let me just first oh talk about how I see power structures forming, and it doesn't matter where the power structures are throughout history; they gravitate towards an individual figure and smaller and smaller numbers controlling. Them, especially when you look at religions and then civilizations built around religions, and then let's get into the oligarchies that we still have bloodlines rulers, royalty, um, and then our system. And it's, I'm glad he said defense, right? After we had defended ourselves and broken away from a ruling colony system, before we had states and what would become states and what we call states, we had sheriffs, right? We had mm -hmm. agreed upon rules and they were the, the very first infrastructure other than our militias and our military that were governing these rules that then the states would kind of form out of in our, in our, I guess, our modern day view of that. I would just like to say, I don't know that we're in a situation where we are ever going to get rid of said nation states unless it is from a top-down perspective, unfortunately, because there is already an infrastructure network that is well beyond nation states that we see right now in a techno-fascist transhumanism takeover. And they're openly colluding against us. Uh, their mouthpiece are now these globalist forums in Davos. They hid their number one meeting from everybody till the day of in Bilderberg and D.C. of all places. So, you know, we're talking about real based solutions. I think that unfortunately, we're kind of beyond the solution that we're going to be able to break up the state and we're going to have our own little civilizations and rules. And I think the real solution is how do we navigate through the next few months, few years in what I think is is possibly a, a hot World War III. Like the Ukrainian situation is not 
going out. Now we have yeah, more and more ground right. troops that are being exposed, uh, captured and killed, by the way, and killed over there. It's it's only a matter of time before that powder kick. So I'm I'm more of the decentralized, localized solutions for kind of riding this wave. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe I'm not optimistic so, enough. Maybe I'm not pessimistic can, enough. Can I, <laughs> so I want to say I, something. First yeah. of all, Jason, okay. I agree with you actually about a lot of what you said. I think we have progressed way too far into what we have seen, and people the the idea of states is at this point here to stay within the context of like just. Uh, like what Jason said, like we already understand all the problems and yet somehow they've actually these the people in power who have created these states have gotten more powerful. But hear me out. Here's a possible solution. Steve might feel me here. How about shrooms? How about everybody do some fucking shrooms? OK, <laughs> and we have a national goddamn shroom day. Now, hear me out. I think I'm joking. You think I'm joking? You think I'm joking? But this is oh, real. No, I'm, right? yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, too. I've done a lot of shrooms in my life. OK. And one yeah. thing that I've actually discovered is that when people are actually vibrating on the same frequency, they actually tend to see the same things and share the same enlightenment almost damn near at the same time. And it's not even a joke. This is reality. I'm telling you. But in all seriousness, the problem seems to be a breakdown in the understanding of what the problem is, which is why it seems impossible to find the solutions to those problems. So I feel like if there was almost like a shared enlightenment, if you will, of what the problems actually are versus, oh, no, it's racism. Oh, no, it's sexism. Oh, no, it's the Democrats. Oh, no, it's the Republicans. Oh, no, it's guns. Actually, no, it's fucking peaceful. Like, and when we really all know, like, it's just old rapey white people with money. Like, we all know that's that's who's causing the problems. But there's always like almost like mental or emotional like roadblocks to getting to that conclusion in a meaningful way that then resorts to a revolution or an evolution, if you will. So I like, I, and I, I agree with Jason on the local lot. You have to, all problems, all politics, obviously are local. And when you, we, a lot of the things that happen in Miami or Florida, you, the people around the country feel like that's how things should be done. And then you start to see other states, Georgia, North Carolina, start to follow that. And then other states begin to be forced into doing the same thing just for the local people to maintain a little bit of power they do have and not upset the, the, the citizens of the area. So I think that, I, I mean, I tend to agree with Jason, like we might not be able to get rid of states as we know them right now. But what we can do is focus on localized solutions. And then through those solutions, you generally see a macro effect over time. Well, Jason, and let me just hop on the back of that really quick, Steve, okay. just really quick. You know, he talked about states and really the highlight when we get outside of nation states of states within this country and confine is that is separation of powers. And it's one of the reasons I moved from New York to Iowa, right, that there were these uh, differences in how the culture was reacting and putting pressure on others. So that that's a feature for me in our constitutional republic, that type of statehood, because it is decentralized and it allows the citizenry, in theory, if their vote actually counts and their uh, their electorate actually does what they say, to be very different, like a, like a Florida and a Texas and an Iowa and a South Dakota, especially during COVID-1984, Steve. I think I think I have kind of a unique perspective on this for, for you guys who don't know. I'm I'm an anarcho-capitalist, but I'm the Libertarian National Committee vice chair. Uh, so obviously, I see some utility in politics. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I kind of tend to fall in line with the, the nullification and decentralization and, and, uh, and the, the local level, like Nico was talking about. Uh, I think that the, the only way we're going to make a change is to start taking over municipalities and localities um, and nullifying, you know, laws. I mean, we, you know, uh, Jason's in Iowa. Actually, I met you at the uh, RA, the rug, rug in the man show, uh, Jason. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Great show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, so, uh, it, it, you know, in Iowa, they're working on a bill to to completely nullify federal all federal gun laws, right? And that's that's kind of the way we're going to break up the country. I mean, it, it, we may not ever actually break up the federal government, but we're going to have municipalities that are going to be able to, to nullify. And that's you know what the Libertarian Party is now focusing on is trying to get into these local and state level elections and and take some of those positions so that we can nullify bad laws. And I think that that's that's the way that it's going to come about. It's not going to come about by you know running presidential candidates and third parties and stuff like that. So, um, but so but effective in the past though, I don't understand. Yeah, why so not. effective, so effective. <laughs> Everyone's done. Re- Deal well with that. Well, we, you know, we just had a huge uh, change in the Libertarian Party. I don't know if you guys are following along, but we, uh, you know, the, the old regime is kind of dead now. We, we, we took them all out of all their positions of power uh, in like over 40 states uh, and then the national level as well. And so our focuses are changing big time. Um, and uh, and that's going to be one of the focuses. We're going to focus more on taking over localities and municipalities, and uh, and trying to nullify a lot of those bad laws. You know, and that's that's really the only way it's ever going to get done. Because like Jason said, our our vote doesn't really count. I mean, let's be honest here. You, you know that the whole thing is is rigged. It's a rigged election system. Um, it's been rigged. It's not this 2020 wasn't the first year it was rigged. It's been rigged for a long time. We all know that. Um, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Republicans or Democrats that win, it's rigged. So we, we have to take over our municipalities and that's the only way it's ever going to happen. So there, a whole bunch of different ways to, to unpack like the first 15 minutes here. Um, just real quickly there, the, like we, we've said on the show all the time, the revolution just takes you right back to where you started. The only thing is going to get anybody out of anywhere is, is some ascension. So I believe that, that Nico's correct that we should have mandatory mushroom day. <laughs> yep. not, not a proponent of mandates. I'm not a proponent. Take it sponsors. However, I'm a proponent of the mandate. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it may help. It may help. The Bill Hicks said you should take a squeegee to your third eye every once in a while. And I believe that to be true. I do. I don't necessarily have to do it every day. Just once in a while. Um, hey, first of all, as, and as, also squeegee hey, to your third eye for all you perverts out there. That doesn't mean what you think it means. Right. As it, yeah, no. As technology, I see Pasta over there getting excited. He's like, "Yeah, I'm down to squeegee my." As out. technology yeah. has advanced, the the ways in which authoritarianism and centralization of power have been able to sort of uh, uh, find ways to relax by spreading it out a little bit. But centralized power always leads to totalitarianism. That's the goal every single time. The the more central government you have, the more bureaucracy you have, the more guarantee you have that unelected people will be determining the outcome of everyday life. And that has always proven to be 100 percent detrimental to the average person. It's counterintuitive to the way that people interact with each other. People interact with each other all the time in a manner of anarchy. No one has authority over the other one no one's speaking for the other person at no point is there 
uh, uh, threat or violence that's coming into the conversation. Almost all of these interactions are, are of a mutualistic nature, if not voluntary. When they're not voluntary, it's usually people coming together for a common purpose to get a task done. Um, this is generally the way that nations behave with each other. Um, but the point about nation states is also correct. They don't exist to the people who pull the levels of power. They don't exist to the people who are the oligarchs, who have the bloodlines that Jason was talking about, who have the, the you know, have their little lip men go up and meet Davo every year, go hang out at, at Bilderberg. It, so if nation states aren't on the table for the people who are quite literally running shit, then the best you can do. And what everyone should be doing is trying to shore up their communities as much as humanly possible. If I don't, there's a lot of people here tonight. If I don't jump in more often, grow food and make bullets. I like that. I like the bullets part. Especially. I think on the local level, I think it makes a lot of sense strategy-wise to focus on uh, the sheriff's department. I mean, I think the Libertarian Party should probably sponsor people to, to go into the police academy to join the sheriff's department. Let's take over the HR unit there. And I mean, if you have a bunch of voluntarists or libertarians that are part of the sheriff's department, um, help with the, the local elections, electing a good sheriff. I mean, there's I mean, the sheriff is like the the, you know, really the, the pretty much the top of the hierarchy in terms of on the county level. And I think that can, you know, probably is the quickest and most peaceful path to more prosperity and peace um, on the county level, uh, at least in the U.S. I'm not sure how it would work, you know, rolling out to other uh, countries. But I think that just makes some more sense. I mean, we should be making block lists of these these violent psychopaths that are ruining everything for everyone. And uh, and hell, if they step you know if they step foot in your county, you can just arrest them right then and there, or block out uh, in any way that you can possible. Link up with local sheriffs that are surrounding your county, and uh, make sure you know the IRS, the DEA, the whatever they can only uh, interact maybe with uh, violent people in your municipality. I just want to say I would like to request a doctor's note um, <laughs> from the taking over the sheriff's department thing. Please. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll support you. I, I think I that's, that's something that the Libertarian Party uh, hasn't <laughs> really focused on for a long time. Uh, I don't know if y'all know about Broward County Police and Sheriff. Oh, yeah, they're rough, dude. Rough. <laughs> These motherfuckers uh, manufacture crack to get back people. <laughs> manufacture, create a lab to sell crack. <laughs> there are a lot of those. There's a lot of those positions around the country in the judicial branch that are, are that are elected positions as well. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and so, sure. you know, that's something that the, the LP has not run for around the country, and they probably should focus more on that, too. I but, got a question. I, mean, the I just quick, want to say I got a question real quick. Not be a police. Mm. Um, of course. So, so a, a lot of people, I feel that, you know, I jumped in here a little late. Sorry about that, guys. But, you know, the the kind of like breaking up of America and what that represents. Uh, part of me wonders if it's part of a bigger plan to balkanize the uh, United States, kind of like they did to the USSR, where they broke them down into smaller regions. And then now all those regions are just at war constantly with each other. And uh, and that would be a great way to break up the you know, the United oh, States. There's so many pussies in the U.S. for that to be a case. Come on, come on, bro. Like, I'll go straight back. Can you imagine New York in constant war? <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on right now. I, I, I don't know what people feel about what's going on in Canada. I think Canada is fucking super suspect right now because, you know, we know the whole goal is right to get the U.N. into the United States. And if, if Canada falls... 
Uh, we've already heard stories of Chinese troops up there, stuff like that. The question becomes, where's the entry point? And it could be through Canada. I know we think about open borders in Mexico, but nobody ever walks all the Canadian immigrants who come here and take all the good jobs, like writing gigs and starring in fucking sitcoms. No Mexicans. Tommy's get in. It's the, yeah. it's the snow nobody, Mexicans. Nobody talks about that. Um, Robin Thicke had a good two years. Okay. Robin Thicke had a good two years. Yeah. So breaking down, you know, the influence of China and California and stuff like that. If we start balkanizing the United States, I think it's just an easier way to uh, deal with, uh, you know, just to break down the U.S. country. I mean, any thoughts on that? Well, I six, think mi that, six million of us are still tra trapped up here because you guys won't relax your border laws up here. So that would help. I feel maybe, like maybe they don't want all of us. Uh, maybe they don't want all the unjabbed to go uh, congregate down there in the U.S. We're going to start as far as the Balkanization, though, for you, Graham. As, as far as the balkanization part goes. So, like, there's some context that has to be considered. The U.S., had been part of the plan historically to balkanize Russia. Like they took two war wars, started two war wars rather to do so, was involved with, uh, actually, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but they actually were involved with the Bolshevik revolution. They actually, like, I know people think like, oh, it was like this great victory for democracy and socialism, but actually it achieved. I don't think anyone world. thinks that, to be honest with you, dude. I think everybody thinks that they went through there and, uh, that they basically use the uh, the Bolshevik Revolution as kind of what they're doing to the United States right now. Oh no, a lot of a lot of leftists, a lot of leftists who might be watching actually love. They believe like the Bolshevik Revolution was an oh, organic thing. Yeah, so like, which is a, it's not like it's not true. With, yeah. Under the Czar, I mean, I, I'm not saying I believe in authoritarian rule, but it's easier to keep to stay a cohesive unit under one ruler, especially whenever they believe that person like deserve to be there, whether it be by bloodline or whatever, but like it's easier to maintain. It's only when you have like periods of transition, like we saw obviously during the Bolshevik Revolution where things are supposed to start shaking up a little bit more. The problem was they didn't expect Stalin to come out of nowhere and galvanize everybody. But like, because the US was involved in that, like there is a reason that they wanted them balkanized, right? And then Korea balkanized and they tried to do Vietnam and they, they did a lot of the Middle East. They, if you do that here, then it's like, what, who's in charge? They do not want balkanization of the U.S. Yeah, so I'm like, powers, who's in charge powers, now? The powers like that China? want, want us like, I'm to I'm pretty stay. sure, like, I don't, I don't necessarily want China in charge. I'm pretty sure a lot of people want much because that's it's, that would be the next step. It's much easier for them to control us as one nation. Yeah, and, and, and they can't and, control China. Like I know people like you can feel one way or the other about China. Hold on, hold on. People hold need on, to understand China will do what the hell they want to. So on. you don't want them in charge either. They can't they, be controlled. They've done so, like, it all over the place. They they did to the Middle East. That was the whole point of going into Iraq. But that's Iraq not that, 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 that you, what you're Iraq. suggesting is that they would do it to themselves. That doesn't make any sense. The whole reason you balkanize is so that you you di disperse the power in a way that's easier to control versus here. Why would you disperse power when you have all of it? Yeah, it's, it's, the point easier. is to make your own border bigger while you make everybody else's borders correct. Exactly. Disrupt sovereignty. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, that they're going to break us up because it's easier to break up it's easier to take over sections if it's not one big thing. And like the South and the, and but the they already North. have us taken over. Motherfuckers are taking no. jabs like to the throat, like like it's a shot of tequila. I mean, what else do they need to do? That's what I'm trying Let to understand. Me, uh, like, what would be the goal? You already have the power. In here really the thing that, because you can't go into the United States with an army. You'll you'll be sent back in body bags. 
So it's like what? break it up in in so, smaller chunks, kind of like what they did to Russia. You couldn't go into Russia with an guess, army. Okay, so now I guess I'm trying to figure out who they is. Okay, that's where I guess our disconnect. Where who is they? Who would come into the U.S. and take advantage of the balkanization? Who, who, is what who I'm did the balkanization? Who did that? Who did the balk uh, the, the U.S. and the U.K. Revolution? We did. revolution. Who did the that? U.S. and the U.K. were behind it? Yeah. Right. So yeah. the so, U.S. were coming to the U.S. Well, I, I just want to say something, Sam, about this, because I did hear that uh, we're, we're in a little bit of trouble in the South, too, because the Russians are now in Nicaragua and the Chinese are now in Brazil. And we have a government that is tempting everyone to attack us. And we we have people coming from Canada. There was a big call today with all these sheriffs from the southern border saying that we're being that there is this is happening and that. Uh, Jason and I did a show last week. I was saying I, I talked to these demons from the IMF that were saying, I said, uh, what, you're here to, in New York? I said, what are you here to have a meeting about making America Venezuela? And the guy laughed and he goes, it's going to be way worse than Venezuela. So, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do about it, but I think Sam's right. They want I mean, to I feel like this is like a regular Monday in the oligarchy, right? And like Chinese and Russians have been in Nicaragua. Like that's been a thing already. For like, a long so time. Paper from so the last very long time. <laughs> yeah. For a very long time with that. I mean, and that's but not the reason why they're I'm, sympath I'm sympathetic to, to what Sam is saying, but I think that everybody's visualizing some kind of a military takeover. Number one, let's, let's acknowledge something. I'm looking at everybody here. Uh, I'm not trying to blow your spot up, Charlie, but you're probably the oldest guy here. And none of us are entire. I, I, I may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I I could that's Charlie's probably oldest. fair. I don't think right. he, he just doesn't use uh, hair for uh, hair color. That's for right. Yeah, Sammy and I are the same. I think I, I think I might be the oldest. My point is, yeah. our entire generation, everybody sitting here, nobody has actually gone through and economic collapse in our lifetimes. Now, that's not everybody. Some people in the second and third world, some, some first world nations have even fallen under our lifetimes. In the United States, it's much different because there are 300 plus million people in a massive welfare state, okay? So let's, let's say there is some kind of crazy economic collapse. And I'm not saying there's going to be. Um, they may ramp it up five. You're, you're living it right now, buddy. Well, I, say, I feel like we're kind of in the middle, all right? Well, Five, 10% every six months or so we're seeing that. But let's say there is that moment where we have a 1929 style event here. Number one, all, all bets are off. And I think that the balkanization that comes out is what we talked about with states wanting to uh, solidify their power against the federal government and the federal government just mandating everything. You couple that with food shortages. Okay, now it's a wild card. Now mm -hmm. people are getting hungry. Okay. Um, and you've already seen what's happened in states like New York, uh, where it, especially in the city where they've defunded the police. Uh, Portland's another place in Oregon. Uh, obviously, California in the major cities in San Francisco. They're not looking great. All right. If by chance, and I'm just saying by chance because I'm not a conspiracy theorist, you coupled that with a <laughs> cyber polygon yeah. type event. Where just one small part of the grid goes down, I don't think it's they're going to announce it's the end of America. I think they're going to announce it's time to invite the UN in, and we need to invite their troops in. Yeah, it's not. We're not coming in to shoot. And obviously, you look at that. There's going to be chaos everywhere. Again, I've never lived through it. You've never lived through it. We've been a first world superpower. 
for generations now. Like, that, you don't think that threatens too. too much, too many people's power, Jason? Like, I, I, I like your scenario isn't far fetched at all. Those I, are I, the people that, who have the I, power, I, though. Those I just feel like have it already. there are people in many ways, who are in that middle management position. Like when we're talking about the oligarchy, right? We know like there are levels to this shit, obviously. Uh, like, yep. and there's like that middle management part of the oligarchy that's okay with being a little bit corrupt and sacrifice a little bit of their integrity because their power is insulated. But when you're talking about one of those scenarios, which a lot of the middle management would probably be privy to at some point before it happened, eventually those people would then begin to rebel against that plan or calling out that plan at high levels. And like, that's why I feel like it would probably be something even softer than that. Now, like, very few people are going to go speak out against something that's going to cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars or cost them their pension. Hardly anyone has the balls to make any one of those types of moves. And with Jason bring up 1929, in 1929, probably 75% of people were farmers. And so this time when you know, you've got all you know, the farmers aren't even going to be making any money now, and there's going to be a huge food crisis that's obviously you know, completely engineered. It's going to make probably 1929 seem like a walk in the park. And then they're probably going to couple it with a Operation Cyber hey, Polygon to bring well, in a central bank digital Black currency. people actually didn't actually go through a depression during that time period. I just want you all to know that. I don't know if y'all know, but this is actually a thing. Yeah, and the government the black actually said survived. black people weren't even humans either. So, I mean, we can't also say that, you know, we're going to use the government to then... No, that, you're not, no, you're not, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that because of how they ran their banks and businesses locally, they were able to survive... And so what I'm basically what I'm saying is like Jason's scenario isn't like crazy. First of all, let me just say that it's not crazy, but I just believe it wouldn't look like that in the end as far as bringing in the U.N. per se or troops. Well, when I say the no, U.N., because that, that just creates a broader community. They're not going to come in with U.N. troops. They're going to get us financially. You create that, an us versus them scenario that they don't want. They don't let want to us versus them scenario. Let, but the let, moment you bring in the UN, brother, you create that and you create a path of unity that I feel like the oligarchy doesn't want. If that when I and, and I got news for you. They didn't, they didn't get rid of slavery. What they did is they just tricked everybody <laughs> into thinking that we're all free by having yes, some black I've read all the black literature about <laughs> how they didn't know. They wrote it. The best slave is a slave that doesn't realize they're a slave. And so right now, everyone's walking around as slaves, not realizing that our income gets gets funneled off back to the Federal Reserve which is a private bank made up of 12 other private member banks. They get to siphon off 6% of all the interest of all the debt. And now for the first time, they're actually starting to lose money and the whole thing is going to implode. But first, I mean, in the beginning stages, the dollar will get stronger. Then through this implosion, that's where they're going to come in. And they're not going to have a one world government by having the UN coming in there. They're going to have a one world government by having things like the Bank of International Settlements and their special drawing right come in. And then we'll still have some American digital dollar and then they'll tie all the different digital dollars together. Just like in 1956, Bilderberg meeting yeah. with Etienne yes. Davignon, they didn't realize that there was a lot of people who were at that didn't realize that they're signing up uh, to be part of the European Union. They didn't realize that all these plans have been you know, put together back in 1956 at the first Bilderberg meeting. And, you know, and so what they're, they're going to do this financially. It's not going to be coming in through U, the UN. I mean, the UN certainly isn't going to make it you know, very far into Arizona to take over New York or some other well, place. Let me, hold on. Let, let, me, let me agree with you, but let me say how they will come in because you're right. I, I think it is CBDCs. I think it's blockchain technology. But the reason I bring up the food shortages in particular is they already have their blockchain world food program. You can already watch their advertisements on it. Mm -hmm. Iran just signed up on it. It's also biometrically involved. Again, you starve people out for a couple months, they'll accept things. So we have to already understand, we live in a world 
not of scarcity, but massive abundance of everything. Mm -hmm. And all the scarcity that we see in most cases is artificial. Mm -hmm. Okay. Artificial scarcity. So when all of a sudden these food shortages are here, they're coming in with the solution. And we're going to have trucks from the South America, from Canada and rooted in it will be when I say the, the UN, no, it's not going to be a ton of soldiers, although there will be soldiers there. There, It's the World Food Program, man. It's the White Hats. They're here to save us. They're here to feed people. And they're going to normalize those situations. Again, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of routes. You look at what they're setting up. They want to go SDR on steroids, okay? And they already had that model through the IMF, zeros and ones. Next they're drugs, rock and roll. roll. <laughs> they're already talking about their central uh, bank digital currency being based in Ripple or XRP. In other words, as much as we want, whenever we want, under our full control with a blockchain uh, algorithm that we can track, trace, and database all the time. Integrated, by the way, into their biometric system for the food program itself. That's what's scary, man. Can I, uh, I just wanted to jump in and ask Jeremy a question. I don't know if I, I missed the first couple of minutes. So I don't know if people were introduced, but Jeremy is what I, I don't want to label, but he's, uh, I would say the kind of classic liberal journalist who writes for covert action. I think he's the managing editor of covert action magazine online and his position, his viewpoint of like the foreign affairs, U.S. action abroad. You can see it like with Ukraine and um, looks like it's a U.S. action. And I just, so for me, I always think in these very big picture, like it's us versus them, but things look a little different right now when I think of it in that position. And I just thought um, it's hard for me to reconcile what's happening out there with the idea that they're trying to um, break us up in here, that they're creating domestic strife. I agree that they're probably, I, I think there's definitely some element towards secession, maybe push us towards a civil war and then compromise with secession just to divide and conquer. I don't know, but like, it's hard for me to reconcile them wanting to do that here when it looks like they're really engaged in empire building abroad. And I just wondered if we're going to try to get like a left perspective. Jeremy, can you? I don't know. That's like a long and wide hey. question. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. a leftist. What you mean? Sorry, sorry, sorry. On this particular question, as soon as it starts I getting into the, the you know, tomatoes <laughs> on, on blockchain, I, I, I get it. But like, I'm just way down a hole there. And I was just wondering if you could bring it to more old school for a sec. Okay, well, I could offer my perspective. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. So thanks for inviting me. Yeah, uh, my perspective would be that I, mean, I think a big problem, the major problem, is you know corp corporate tyranny uh, and the growth of these huge corporations that have hijacked the state. Uh, so the solution would be, I think, traditional solution of uh, trying to uh, either break up those corporations or place them under national democratic control. And that's more what I guess a socialist would advocate for. And I think that's the only hope we have uh, with a you know, military industrial complex. We have six major corporations uh, that are reaping huge windfall off the war in Ukraine and that need a constant enemy. Uh, so if that war dies down, there'll be the next war and they're going to trump up the next enemy and a lot of it is driven by these corporations who spend millions in lobbying and they buy out the congress basically bought off uh there was no opposition i mean he's supposed to progressive like bernie sanders all voted for the aid package to ukraine of what, 60 billion dollars when we need that money here at home so 
you know, the, I think the, the left is uh, completely, uh, what's the word, uh, moribund in the United States. They have no vision. They're focused on identity politics and police brutality. Well, that is a serious problem and issue, and uh, I support those protests, but they need a broader vision, and there has to be a movement to, uh, uh, what I was saying, break up the large corporations or place them under national democratic control. And I think we're living under the era of McCarthyism where they destroyed the left and it's completely you know, stigmatized and uh, uh, people can't even think in this way anymore. Uh, and so we're lost. I mean, and that to me, it's, it's rather simple matter uh, of what has to be done, but, and that should be done in many countries because you have parallel, you know, I think it's worse in the U.S., but it's similar problem in other countries. So that would just be my point of view as far as, yeah, I think they are trying to divide and rule. They're, they're uh, stirring up uh, the partisan divisions and that presents class mobilization. You know, people of the working class getting together instead, they think, Oh, I'm Democrat. I have to hate the Republican or I'm Republican. And it prevents people from coming together to seeing their mutual interest in challenging the uh, oligarchy and forming a, a successful social movement that can do so, but they, they, they deliberately balkanized the population and they brainwashed people through the media, as most of you know here. So, <laughs> uh, I did. This is my time. I, I I agree with you, but as you are a lefty, I have to ask you how big a lefty you are. Let's say I had a baby. Four weeks ago, I paid $155 for three nights. And then you say, oh, shit, that's fine. Then we go into, if you read Charlie's book, nothing is free. And I paid, I made just under 35000 last year and paid 10000 in taxes. That's, I think it's almost over one third of my money. And in the shops, we have a standard 12, 12, 13% tax on every grocery. So basically 60, 70% 60, of my money goes to the government. So I, 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 I agreed what you said. I just want to ask a uh, lefty in the USA, how much money are you ready to pay to get my yeah. Well, in my opinion, we haven't even begun to get to that part of the income tab, that The wealthy should pay much higher. They had that under the New Deal uh, under Roosevelt and even Eisenhower, and, and the tax rate has come down considerably since then for the wealthy. And you know, certain corporations pay almost nothing. So yeah, the, the tax burden shouldn't fall on, on working class or middle class or lower middle class people. It should fall more on the wealthy classes. Uh, and if I mean, if the government is run efficiently, then they don't have to tax the people overwhelmingly uh they yeah, make well, the, pro the problem the problem is the same here as in the usa the wealthy people just move their money offshore it's not more taxes because if they if you took how much money they take in and all the taxes in the country it's like eight nine trillion dollars probably you could literally write a check from uh like a thirty thousand dollar check to every man woman and child below the 50 percent income level it's not a problem of the taxes. We are taxed. There's enough taxes collected to do. I would say the majority of, of upper middle class damn near give 
fifty percent of their income to the taxes. upper middle class is overtaxed. The yeah, the idle rich pays zero income tax. So you take the professional class who pay for school till they're thirty. They pay for their kids to go to private school. They you know like it's it's a screwed up system. And any you could make that tax revenue work in any system that was implemented in good faith Monica, the roar, I, the I figured 20s, out to, if i'm not mistaken there was no federal income tax like that was in before 1913 the, before 1913 was, was right before 19 okay yeah, they, that's what and it's the same time that they instituted the federal reserve as well but monica i broke the code yeah. uh i i'm upper middle class but i had seven kids so i don't have to pay as many in taxes uh, as the rest of you guys i've been in thankfully. a position where i couldn't even deduct my kids i mean it's a rich man's problem but there's a point at which you can't even deduct your kids. i know i'm i'm over the limit now with my my uh my deductions for sure so i but but you know you gotta you gotta cheat the plan. system somehow. i left <laughs> california to, move to, Iowa to get away from the, the shit, problem you know? with the taxing situation in the united states like it, it, I, I get the argument you're making as far as how much Americans willing to play, pay. The truth is, like, we wouldn't have to pay as much as you guys. There's a shitload of us. Like, I'm, at the end of the day, like, where there's a lot of us, there's a lot more money to go around. There is no, and there's a lot of corporations to help ease a lot of that burden. Finland doesn't have all the agricultural advantages that we do, the tourist advantages that we do. We have, like, so we know for a fact that the it has nothing to do with taxes right now. Like, I'm a leftist. I don't want to pay a goddamn dime in taxes. Why? So AOC can go fucking buy a new cover or dress for the cover of Vanity Fair? No, I'm tired of motherfuckers getting raises and like I keep paying taxes and I have no idea where my money is going. Sort of think Nico's we, but, not really a leftist. Yeah, I know. but we no, I am a leftist <laughs> because <laughs> I refuse to have my money. Let me finish. I refuse to have my money go to the military industrial complex. Yeah. I refuse to have my money keep getting put in the pockets of these corrupt police officers who don't answer to me, don't answer to you, they answer the power structure who's in charge at the time, who are also taking my goddamn tax money. Like it's not about the taxes. If the taxes were going where they were supposed to, then I would probably not have a problem with it. Like most people in those situations mm. don't have a problem with it. The issue is there are. people people who pay enough for health care and they have no health care like that's my problem there are people who like we, we have situations where, the, where i mean I, don't, I just went on the show the other day i found out that every single school that allows teachers to carry like have never had a mass shooting have never had a school shooting right so why are we why are we have situations where you can have classes you can have weapons you can have proper protection in these schools but they're not happening like you have so many instances where the money if using good faith like the woman said were being was being spent the right way like we wouldn't have all of any of these issues we wouldn't even be here right now we would be perfectly fine I like it, shit, i wouldn't have anything I, to argue about dude, 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 you have because no because you're problem. you're not a but like it's not being spit correctly no, 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 you're, not, you're not a lefty listen, I, I got it nico's a jimmy door uh a leftist the, the uh, good kind. Uh, no no no, no. Pause, pause pause jimmy door is a nico house leftist let's not get it twisted can we get beyond can i just say a european lefty don't use guns don't want to have guns. No, I like guns. We'll never them. allow citizens to have guns. No, so if, so you, if if you think guns are allowed, you're not a lefty. No, oh, so Black Panthers aren't leftists? I don't give a shit what organization <laughs> they were, they were yeah, calling yeah, yeah. out. Black yeah. Panthers were Dude, like that. That's an insane concept right? for people that literally used to teach people but how to grow food. Come to terms like, what the European left is and what your lefties tries to get. Well, in I, your I like. Country. I actually don't care about the the concept, like whatever the word is. Like I don't care about the category itself. I'm just like no, baffled. You at don't the idea understand that, what the European left. You know, we live in a. Wait, how do we go from idea. anarchy versus statism to bullshit? Uh, leftist versus right when hey. it's all fake to I begin mean, it's with. It's kind of the same. Nothing. Guys, everybody's talking over each other. Let's people have to listen to this. Let's not talk over each other. Tim and then Nico can respond. Go. 
A, a classical liberal versus a liberal of today means nothing. And so we're in this fake left-right paradigm getting everyone. So instead of anarchism versus statism, we're now arguing about left versus right. When if anyone hasn't figured it out, they're all owned by the corporations that are all the same at the very top. And so we're all just wasting everyone's time, you know, talking about. Well, I think, so I don't think the conversation that we're having necessarily is like separate from anarchism versus statism. Like th that's my point, I guess, is that like I am for the decentralization of the state and I am for anything that empowers people to decentralize state like guns, at least in, in the states. I, I can't speak for Finland, but I know here people with power seem to kill without retribution. And those who do not have the power to at least convince you, you might. Who, who knows? Maybe you can't kill me if we have a quick draw McGraw. But like you're going to have to think about it twice because, you know, I got one on me like that for us is empowering and anything that empowers the proletariat in my definition is what you would call quote unquote leftist. I don't really care about these, these like archetype categories of if you, if you're a leftist, you can't believe this. You can't believe that you can't believe it. No, I believe in the idea of empowering people versus not empowering the state. Like, and that's where I'm at with it. So any solution that empowers people, I'm always for it. I, I agree with Nico. I think uh, labels are kind of silly. I'd rather talk about individual ideas and then we can implement the ones that make the most sense. But Let's go to Pasa. I know Pasa wanted uh, to say a couple words and then maybe go to Chuck next because he hasn't had a chance to talk. And uh, and let's, you know, get into any of this stuff or move it on to another topic, anything you have in mind. Well, why don't we just pass it on to Chuck? I, uh, I had something to say about 10 minutes ago, but no big deal. Uh, you know, I'm just listening and grabbing everything. And when I, when I have something to say, I'll jump on in. I'll let Chuck go ahead. Well, it's interesting to me that uh, the, the topic that was offered here was uh, was about uh, anarchism versus statism. And uh, yeah, what did, what did we wind up devolving into? And some very smart people, and by the way, I agree with about 90% of what Nico said. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know if that puts me on the left, the right. I really don't care. Uh, <laughs> Got to tell you, but, uh, and, and Nico knows I love him anyways. Uh, anyways, okay. Deal is, why is nobody even discussing the idea that this is about hierarchies and the structure that begins long before these organizational principles and we start arguing about who should be in charge? Well, why does there actually require a hierarchy? Okay, why is that required in this discussion? You want to reorganize society? You're not going to do it by just, you know, uh, uh, shifting around the, the parts of the matrix, okay, that you don't like, okay, you can create a new game out of it, but you're still in the game. Mm -hmm. We have to approach this from a different angle in my mind. Now, maybe I'm just crazy, and that's always a possibility, but, <laughs> you know, when, when I think about this, I say to myself, look, it's always an argument over who should actually be the leader, and on the more extreme ends, it's like, who, whose version of authoritarianism do you like better? Okay. Uh, you hear the guy from, from Europe saying, well, you know, no guns. You can't have guns if you're left. Why? It's a tool. Okay. I'm not worried about it. I'll tell you what, though. If people collectively got together in an area and said, we don't want guns in our area, I got no arguments there either. The will of the people, which should always be shifting based on the needs of those mm -hmm. people, is what should have supremacy here. Now, how do we get to a structure? that addresses that properly. That was supposed to be the structure in the United States. It <sighs> has failed effectively. We don't Shrooms. have that situation here. Okay. It's very much an illusion. People want to talk about the money. The monetary system is going this way, that way, the third way. I heard that and I'm shaking my head. And you know why? 
if you think for a second that there's really any difference in 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 the dollar versus the one or anything else well then how is it that a computer can instantaneously translate it from one to the other it's not an mm -hmm. issue there is a universal currency it's called digital end of story most of what you think of as physical currency doesn't exist anyway hasn't for a long time these are not new things the divide and conquer strategy that's been absolutely implemented across the board in the us yeah that's also not new none of this is new and i don't think it's about some great grand thing that's about to land on us i think it's all about maintaining the control that has been there and you know what the majority of us that are arguing over who's in control don't even know who's actually in command of the things that actually change our lives on a daily basis who actually controls the systems which make those exchanges that make it so that it's irrelevant as to what language is printed on a piece of paper somewhere when that piece of paper doesn't exist in the first place. Sorry, I'm banging into my microphone because I'm not usually on video and stuff and try to get it out of the way in my face and I don't care usually. Uh, but this is the thing. We got to break this down into, into a, a smaller pieces because society was not always organized this way. I'm not saying it was better. But what I'm saying is that there are other possibilities here and looking for another hierarchy and looking for another system of control is all I keep hearing. Maybe I'm translating this the wrong way and maybe it's because I've been sick lately, but gotta tell you, <laughs> let me, let me say this much. I'm going I'm I'm to piggyback off of Chuck over here and would say this right now that I think you hit it on the nose because everybody talks about what ism is the problem. Is it communism, capitalism, socialism? No, the problem is elitism, right? It, no matter what system you have, you're always going to have a ruling class that is going to try to uh, maintain power over the small amount of people, uh, over the large amount of people in which they control. And, you know, I mean, that is what I think about daily is, okay, no matter what, what system you're in or what system you like or approve or whatnot, when you go down to the global South, when you go down to Nicaragua, when you go down to Colombia, you see people with this collectivism, okay, usually in the form of socialism, but if it's all economics and it's all geared at taking the people in charge out of power. And that's something I think about on a regular basis. I mean, at the end of the day, when we start talking theories, it's really hard to get away from what Steve talks a lot when it comes to anarchism. But at the end of the day, if we don't join together to push back against this evil force who is controlling us with using a monetary system as just a way of control, it doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, that's what we need to think about at the end of the day is how do we get rid of this evil freaking empire that's holding all this power uh, over us. So uh, there has to be some education. collectivism, right? Yeah, but it's also going to take a form of, of coming together and agreeing with people. Yeah, but, but my point is, is how do you, how can you come together if you have no catalyst to make, like people, like, like, so for example, obviously, oh, I'm married, everybody. Okay, so I'm married. Like, I didn't just decide, like, I'm going to marry oh, Susana Diosdado, like, when I was eight years old. I, like, saw her across the hall. I was like, damn, she fine. I had to get to know her a little bit better. Then I got to know her a little bit better. I was like, you know what? She's got a pretty solid head on her head. You know what? Let's get married. Obviously, a little bit more complicated than that. But there was a catalyst that led to the situation I'm in in my relationship. Just like there has to be a catalyst to what, like some people band together to survive. Some people band together to get an advantage. Some people band together to get four rings like the warrior. Like it just, you just, you need a catalyst. And our catalyst right now, in my humble estimation, is probably education, which is why you see them working so hard to censor the shit out of everybody. Because they understand that that one thing could change everything. 
or else they wouldn't spend so much of a concerted effort trying to get it done. Like they just, the censorship has been insane. And the level of effort they're putting in to prevent education from happening probably lets us know the solution to the problem we're talking about right now. See, well, the, so only, the only problem with what you just said, Nico, is this. You, you, your wife already existed when you found her, right? <laughs> we, we need to invent something different here. We need to invent a different way of viewing this, a different organizational principle. It, 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 it does not exist as it's. But we don't have all the we don't have all of the power of oh, the, a, like we don't have yeah. collective power to do so yet or collective brain power, in my estimation, to do so yet right. because we're not operating at a full capacity under under a unified front where we clearly know what the problem is. People are arguing about different problems. So they're presenting solutions to problems that aren't actually problems, problems that aren't as big of a problem as they think it is and then completely ignoring the major problem like that's the problem is that everybody has, thinks that we have different problems I, I can almost hear steve yelling parallel structures i mean well, that there is there is that we've already solved almost all of these problems all of the things that we need to do we've all already done at some point in our lives or at least most of us and people have done throughout civilization we need to be waging economic warfare on these people we've almost everybody here has identified the problem correctly as international bank settlements central banks and the way that everybody here that's what i'm saying yeah yeah so, so we we've identified the problem correctly we've also identified in our own lives a number of different ways that we've tried to get around that problem mm -hmm. some of them more legal some of them let's say extra legal but we've all <laughs> done something you know the the during lockdown all over while small businesses were being shuttered left and right those business owners said no fuck it uh and they took their business outdoors and they found whatever way to uh, whatever currency they'd agreed upon, you know, in order to exchange food for currency. And they did that to the point to where uh, they were able to gain some concessions from their governments, respectively, when the governments relented on the lockdowns. Now, mm -hmm. it, it's I mean, the, and that's ju just one. But they agreed on the problem, though. Right. They all agreed on the problem. Well, they the all problem knew what the problem was and they all kind of came up with the solution. Yeah. To, 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 you get what I'm saying? Like it, we all might know what the problem is. But then what happens when we use our platform to try to tell everybody else what the problem is? You get censored, you get demonetized, you get shut down, you lose your channel, you lose a Twitter page, you lose your livelihood, your family can't eat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like it isn't that we don't understand. It's that every time we try to get to the point where those restaurant owners or those small business owners got, we can't get it out. It, that's the issue. So we have to I, I figure out that, that we, problem in my opinion. Yeah, we my also opinion. have to understand that 40% of the small businesses have closed down and more and more power has been consolidated behind the state. So even though there was yeah. some pro there was some solutions, there's also that major problem that we talk about all the time is that we can't do anything really until they go away. We mm -hmm. can we can create parallel parallel societies and everything like that, but we're we're going against the state that doesn't let you collect its own rainwater. So we have to yeah. figure out how we come together to take out the state, right? And then we can get in a, in a room and fi figure out what's best for us, and then go our separate ways. But until that is done, we're just we're on a treadmill. And they're going to come together. together. They're no. coming can together. Can I for a second? Like, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. How do you guys how do you guys feel about the Free State Project? Are you familiar with the Free State Project in New Hampshire? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I think I mean it's it's good for localization, right? It's kind of building your own community, and I, and I would uh, 
I tell people to do that a lot. I think the big problem here is, though, man, nobody seems to be identifying that we live in a national security state and the military industrial complex is the problem that we all wish we had a solution to. But the honest to God's truth is none of us had any say in Ukraine whatsoever, right? Mm -hmm. We had no say. No, Nothing we did was going to stop things going over there. In fact, the guy they're trying to prop up as a hero, Elon Musk, is, is is sending Starlink satellites in warfare and then blackjack satellites via NASA, you know, and Google, you know, this is the military industrial complex. It's not a big tech takeover. They're funded by InQtel. They partnered with NASA on artificial intelligence. They have the largest uh, search engine in the world, the second largest search engine in the world, which is YouTube. The first uh, largest video platform in the world is YouTube. The largest uh, operating system in the world, which is Chrome. And then they can censor you and say, we're, we're a company. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So how do you, I mean, seriously, how do you stop that military industrial complex that has now just mutated in, in exponential lengths since it was warned about via Eisenhower in the 60s? Isn't that the real problem? Because if we're talking about information warfare, that's their tool. Like we're talking about a big tech takeover. It isn't a big tech takeover. <laughs> All right. You look at Google. It is the government. Same with Twitter. You know, Elon Musk's leaked footage. He said, you know what? We need freedom of speech, but we don't need freedom of reach. So in other words, fuck mm. you. The algorithm's still going to play against you. Okay. I'm going to say this is hate speech and you're a fucking Nazi, right? He talked about Holocaust denial when he was talking about these things. Do you think 9-11 truth is going to be amplified? Do you think the other side of the story in Ukraine is going to be amplified? A fucking course not. He's a military contractor. So how do we, before we talk about how we're going to set up all these other systems, I'm curious because again, information is the only way. And I think the ground, you know, handing out USB sticks, giving out discs, knowing your neighbor, that those old school mm -hmm. things, we need to do very much. So I don't know that we're winning the big tech revolution, unfortunately. Every time that, you know, one of these systems comes up, they whack them down. I got to see fucking that uh, Eric Prince, Blackwater himself, is going to put out a new safe and secure messaging method. That's that's the, the cryptic stuff that we need. Peter fucking feel. Oh, geez. <laughs> Don't rumble Don't while he does Palantir. So listen, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a fucking Debbie Downer here. But the, the real deal is we live in that national security. No, that's the problem. You're right. So that is the problem. No, and the our voice has been marginalized to, to an extent we couldn't have imagined five years ago. Isn't that the black pill, though, Jason? I mean, it, it just kind Everybody of waking up. No, but, but it is. You're waking, up, you're waking up knowing that you're just not going to beat that, that system. But that, I mean, that's no the thing. What. I'm not a loser. That, I think that's the way that's you want to talk about <laughs> yeah, solutions right. and a solution in my mind. I'm not a fucking loser, right? I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to say what I have to say. I'm going to do what I'm, I have to do. I'm not going to curb my behavior. I'm going to try to reach as many people as possible. And I'm going to try to navigate this thing socially and financially. You know, I brought my sister and her kids there. They didn't get the hate and lie shots. You know, we have to make these individual decisions now because these people at the top are openly talking about a fourth industrial revolution right. that is literally <laughs> transhumanist in nature and authoritarian in control. Let's let's go to Graham next. But after Graham, I want you guys to think about also because one of the, I mean, what we kind of wanted to focus on and not, not that any of this isn't important. It's very important. I'm glad that we're going in all these different directions, but I'm kind of want to get everybody's opinion on 
is the state a necessary evil or is the state not necessary at all? Because I think we would kind of disagree on that, right? Is it fixable or is it something you don't need to fix because it's not necessary? Graham, ju jump in. And then I guess if anybody wants to piggyback on that. Well, first of all, this is great. And I think there, I think we agree on almost everything. I don't think there's a lot of disagreements here. I mean, most of the, the principles, I think we all agree on. I mean, the one elephant in the room, I would say, you guys are talking about the military industrial complex, but we're, we're still under massive pressure to get the jabs up here. I mean, this, this is this is the elephant in the room. What's you know, this is what we're under in war against right now directly. The military industrial complex is kind of, you know, it's it's obscure for us in other in Europe or Canada. I mean, I know we're kind of all getting dragged into that, but, you know, we have little limited time to do what you guys are talking about. We have maybe a few months before the fall comes and they start re-identifying, re uh, redefining what un fully vaccinated is. They start pushing back. We only have a little bit of time before they push us against each other. 40% is going to come after 60%. This is how I think it works. And we have very little time. I don't know what the, what the solutions are, but that's the way I, I agree, Graham. Well, when Chuck said talked about collectivism, that really is, uh, you know, the crux of everything is individualism versus collectivism. I know G. Ever Griffin, who you know is basically, uh, you know, has inspired you know probably a lot of us here. You know, he always boils things down to individualism versus collectivism, and so and you can also so it's not left versus right, and it's also you know you could say tyranny versus freedom. And so, are we moving towards freedom or are we moving towards more tyranny? And obviously, we're seems like we're moving towards tyranny more and more. Also want to say, you know, completely agree with Jason and I don't think he's black pilling it at all. And just in the past two weeks, I've put in two different full price offers on like 50 mile off grid type places to grow my own food. So I'm not trying to, uh, you know, cause I know eventually I'm probably going to be cut out of the system. A lot of us are probably going to be cut out of the system and I don't want to be at that point where, you know, we're going to be reliant on, uh, you know, a state and reliant on, you know, some sort of, central bank currency in order to be able to eat. And so this is where everything is going. And, you know, and at the end of the day, it's, it's not about this, you know, how much they can tax us. I mean, it's not about taxes. It's like the movie, like a bug's life. It's not about the food. It's about keeping those ants in line. The money is debt. So you could use all the money to pay off all the debt and all that would be related to is debt. But getting back to what Ricky wanted to really talk about, you know, anarchism versus statism, you know, it really just leads to the question is, does the state really even have like the moral authority to even exist? And where would they have gotten that moral authority to exist? And just real quickly, I just want to list off three different books. You got No Treason, No, no not Treason, No Treason, The Constitution of No Authority by Lysander Spooner. Highly recommend that. Uh, the Most Dangerous Superstition by Larkin Rose. Uh, and if I had more time, probably could have helped get him on here. And then a, a previous guest too here would be Understanding Our Slavery. Uh, which is, uh, I think he renamed the book uh, something about organized crime, but Etienne de la Boutier. So I'd highly recommend all those and, and, and at least two of those books you can get at learntherisk.org. Uh, but yeah, I just want to, you know, have people some, if they can comment on whether the state even has a moral authority to exist and then how they got that moral authority to begin with. All right, Ricky, I wanted to just like my thought thinking has been evolving about this in order to address that question directly. Like it was absolutely no doubt in my mind when I saw the American experiment failing as the last chance for a self-limiting government for any kind of legitimate government of self-governing people to have a seat of power. It was definitely always going to get taken over. But recently, so I just threw it out and then I realized and educated myself and agree that society is self-ordering so you don't actually need government for what we were told it was for. 
that it just look at tipping. People will tip. There's no requirement to tip. It's just social pressure to tip. And they, I mean, seven years as a waitress and no one ever, maybe a couple of times I got stiffed. So I totally think it's self-ordering. But now I realize that I think the emergence of government is defensive. Like, I'm not saying I advocate for it. My thinking is just right now evolving on this. So I'm really just throwing it out there. But I'm, and I'm talking about two different ways. So I look at socialism as a, a response to feudalism, which, so I don't think it's natural to this country where wealth for the longest time was not inherited the way our founders thought about it, which is wrong because it was occupied, occupied by a different system of property ownership, but because it didn't have the European ideas of property ownership when the, when the Enlightenment guys were establishing government here, they thought of it as a blank slate and you could just mix your soil with the toil and that did work here. So I think this European style socialism has been, has been brought over here intentionally and it's not natural. But if you look and at the, European style, and you think, well, they had this feudal system that was unjust, an unjust appropriation of property from the beginning, and then all the peasants who were maybe liberated, they had no way to ever get any access to that property. So then they said, all right, well, then that property has to contribute a lot to the state because there's no way to re, unless we just uh, go completely communist and appropriate it all. So I could understand what they were talking about. I still didn't agree with it and I totally thought it was foreign. But now that we see this pathocratic government saying, um, and if you ever talk to Pete Q, he'll kind of clarify it for you, that there's this pathocratic government that is literally trying to hurt kids say they're really trying to hurt kids they're trying to educate them in a way that they want to like actually mutilate their own bodies and when you have that then i think a lot of people are starting to think well and i i coined this the libertarians die by the sword but they never live by the sword so they'll say well i will forego all access to government but the government does exist and it's being used against people so now you have this kind of i'm going to call it right wing for lack of a better term but the people who are reacting to what these state schools are doing they're thinking we have to organize we have to maybe access and control uh existing structures of government institutions of government because there's just no way as libertarians we're going to be able to um fight this the the state so the only argument i can see emerging now is this uh it's just a the the uh, fight the fight fire with fire but i'm not advocating for it my thinking is just evolving so i'm throwing that out there the libertarian uh movement is kind of evolving with you at the same time as well i think uh a lot of us you know we started out with you know just leave them alone and do the in it and we're kind of getting to that point too where it's like okay well you know, stepping stepping away and watching all this shit happen is 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 making everything worse, um, and so we we do have to start fighting back. And and you know, a lot of those tactics that you brought up, even even down to the the uh, messing with kids and and self mutilation. I mean, that's stuff that's been used historically throughout uh, history to to humiliate uh, people and take control and take power. And that's you know what I mean. And that's that's exactly what's going on right now. And I think libertarians. Uh, as not as a whole, I mean, there's still these old regime libertarians that are like, oh, we want to get invited to the D.C. champagne parties, you know. Um, I think I think that for the most part, a lot of the libertarian movement is kind of moving in that direction as well. We know that, uh, you know, if you want to get the power away from people, at some point you have to wield the power, you know, and that's kind of how it's going to work. So it's, I, I get it. Speaking of that, tell everyone what you just won your 
I'm the vice. I'm the vice chair of the Libertarian National Committee. Ah, I just, yeah, I just yeah. yeah, absolutely. Are you guys uh, going to let the lib socials kind of uh, evolve over there? You're going to shut no, them down? No, we shut them down. We shut those guys down in 2020, but we we uh, we just basically Why? took because uh, man, they were just. Uh, we had well, Angela okay, on the show. I don't know if Potswell was even here for that though. I don't know if I think he might have been out of the studio. It's not. It's here. I'm not. I'm not going to say that we're not going to let them exist. You know what I mean? I don't think people existing is a bad thing. Uh, but we definitely uh, redefined our platform. Uh, we we brought in more a uh, more stronger um, uh, uh, platform on on property rights. Uh, we got rid of the abortion plank. Um, they took bigotry out of the out of the the word bigotry out of the uh, platform. I mean, they really made it they made it a lot harder on on some of those people to be in the libertarian party. Uh, but our big focus were the regime libertarians. Man, they were these these guys who were like didn't really want to say libertarian things because they didn't want to offend DC and they wanted to be they were Beltway and they wanted to be invited to the libertarian or to the to the DC champagne parties at DC press club. And those are the people we got we really ousted. Man, that was that. Was I have a question. From, so. I, I don't. I hope you guys don't mind because I like something Jeremy said before and I think Tim and Charlie I, I have been looking at what from my point of view I might be I'm, I'm totally looking at different stuff probably but I think the real problem is this public-private partnership that's controlled by the international bankers that are they don't want any governments at all they want to skip from what I'm seeing on the global scale they don't care about our government. They don't care about any government. They don't care about our votes. They don't care what we want. It appears to me that between Larry Fink and the World Economic Forum and the Bank of International Settlements and the World Bank, they have a plan. And that plan includes no governments, just them and their full track and trace surveillance model and their transhumanism and full control. Listen, I don't know if they're going to get it. But if you look at what they're saying in Davos and the Great Reset and at the IMF, they're saying that's what they're going to have and there's going to be no government anyway. And I mean, I'm hoping this isn't the case, but what I'm looking at is what those people are saying. The Bank of International Settlements and their and their underlords, they're basically saying no government on this planet is ever going to matter again because all that's going to matter is these corporate elites. I don't that know. That's in, what I'm reading. That was in one of those 2010 Rockefeller Foundation documents. No, it's been in a lot of stuff lately. Yeah, But I mean, I'm saying week. like. It was overt. They said, like, we will. One of the scenarios is nation states lose their power and big philanthropy is the de facto world government. And right. you're right. I think the public private partnerships has been a bit of a trap for libertarians over the years who think of it as it's private. But you can't mandate that taxes pay for something and then dole out single contracts to companies that whose revenues come in 100 percent from tax dollars. That's not private. I think that's somewhere else where uh, libertarians are starting to evolve on as well. Uh, and that's uh, something that Jeremy was talking about, uh, uh, you know, the corporations and, you know, back in the day, we'd be like, oh, corporations, let them do their thing. And, and now we're kind of seeing the tyranny that comes from the corporations as well. And I think COVID had a lot to do with that. It had a but lot don't you guys say- understand that uh, the corporations don't get tyranny. They get it by using the government. I mean, it's yeah, there's the public basic shit. <laughs> the public in the public-private partnership is the state. These corporations don't get where they are without the state. The state doesn't get to wield the influence and weaponize corporate power without that symbiotic relationship. I will defer to my Finnish cousin again. I apologize. 
I think one of the uh, biggest public-private partnerships that's emerging that almost no one is talking about is these NACs, or it's uh, natural asset companies, which is basically the uh, Rockefeller Foundation mixed with the New York Stock Exchange, where they're going to basically have a public-private partnership of the entire uh, environment, all for the you know all for uh, you know climate change and trying to save the environment. So I think that's one of the biggest things you know on the horizon. And to Josh, it's great to see that the uh, well, it's funny because I have Josh Sigerson right over there, but I mean, Josh Smith, uh, it's great to see that the LP is libertarian again. Uh, I was actually <laughs> making shirts like that about six years ago. I was a delegate last go around and actually wrote in Kanye West because I figured that would piss off the most amount of people. It would piss off all the anarchists for even voting. It would piss off the libertarians. I, I remember, Tim, we've talked quite a bit. Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was happy to see you here, honestly. Yeah. But Nice seeing you again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my personal opinion on this whole thing is that, you know, when fascism comes, it won't be in the form of somebody with a funny mustache doing crazy hand signals. It will be in the form of uh, a corporation. And, uh, you know, and that's who's taking this. This lobbying is controlling everything. We have a banana court where these judges aren't following the rules of law. I mean, I live in California where a judge forced California to pay the rates to Exxon back in the day, even though they lied on all their numbers and statistics to get the contract. And he still enforced the deal. So I do think corporations are a giant uh, problem and they're only getting stronger. And, and like anybody who doesn't think that the people who uh, have been going around destabilizing, uh, you know, the rest of the world aren't going to do it here and aren't doing it right now is somewhat naive. Uh, I mean, the people who run the country aren't necessarily proud to be Americans, right? They're, they're globalist elites, and they're a small group of people who want world domination, and they're all actors in this, this haunted house we live in. And their whole job is to make everybody broke, sad, angry, full of anxiety, and own everything. And if you don't play ball, they'll shut you down. They've said this in a million different documents. We all know it is. They put out a video saying you're going to own nothing and love it. That is the future unless we all come together and we push back. Is the state a necessary evil? I don't know, man. I don't know. I would think like it would be great if people could just regulate. I just, I just don't know. I mean, you're going to, and I would love to talk to Joshua about this, hear his opinion, is that there is always going to be mega rich and super psychopaths and incredibly smart that are always going to figure out a way to game the system. How do we, how do we push back against that in a completely open system? Uh, I, and I know, I know anarchy is, doesn't mean no rules, but it means no rulers. And I'm totally cool with that. But what, what are the checks and balances we can do? If we if we don't have a kind of centralized thing, which I'm open minded to anything, dude. Sure. You know, at this point, anything's better than what we got. Right. Well, and that's and that's you know that when I was talking about the black pill, I you know Tim kind of brought it up and and um, and Burmese and, and to me, black pill just means you've understood that you can't beat the system no matter what you do. So start coalescing in New Hampshire. You know what I mean? That's kind of what what black pill means to me. But I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, but to but that. I, I let me say this, man. I disagree with that because I'm out in the streets and I'm trying to have my voice there. And sure. I go to events and I try to put this out. Um, you know, for instance, I don't think that. For I think human beings have great power, right? 
And one of my biggest videos ever was back in 2012 when they decided, hey, we're going to institute the uh, body scanners here in Albany, New York. And now they're almost in every place. And most people don't even know that you can still opt out and do a pat down. I opt out and do the pat down. I also brought attention to, hey, maybe you don't want to get body scanned. And maybe these things aren't the best thing since breakfast and ever encroaching um, surveillance state. You know, when you talked about, for instance, uh, being in a fascist state, we're already in a very techno fascist state. Google is a Trojan horse civilian system. They want us to enter. And I want to get to the World Economic Forum in a second because that was brought up in governance. This is a 2001 document. It says the IT bio, uh, the IT era ends in 2020 and the bio nano era begins in 2020. And then a bunch of people, billions of human beings got injected magically with bio nanotechnology. Not, not just me, magic. Not me. Okay. Just a, just a warfare document it, it lines up 20 plus years. Now, when we talk about governance and what they really want for us, highlighted at this World Economic Forum was two different um, workshops on the metaverse. This is that techno fascism with these elites, with these banking representatives, where they are going to move from theory to practice. Okay. And metaverse governance is a large issue as well as economic and societal value. When you listen to these people, they start talking about stakeholder capitalism, tricking the individual into believing that they are now part of this system and societal value is based on how good you are and what your carbon footprint is. It's all about sustainability. It's been laid out. And this is that transhumanist fourth industrial revolution where they wanna make you believe at the end of the day you're going to upload your consciousness to a wonderverse while they cull humanity. I hate, listen, if that's the black pill, if that's the, the dark the, the, reality, I don't want to, I want to, I want to clarify. I didn't, I wasn't saying that you're black pilled. I was saying that black pill is when you wake up and realize you can't beat the state. You can't. I'm a winner, bro. I'm <laughs> okay. going to say it again. I'm a winner. I'm going to win. I'm going out a human. I'm and, gonna and I hope you do, buddy. And I'm going to. I'm going to keep fighting. Look, I, I sit on the national committee for a, a political party. If I was blackpilled, I wouldn't be doing that at all. I would already bugged out somewhere into the Appalachians. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, there's a there's <laughs> a white pill, though, and that's understanding that that everything about the black pill is real. But because you understand that, you now have the tools to gather around community. I like to call that the gray uh, pill, buddy. The, the, the gray the, pill. The I gray love pill. pill. It's the, the yin yang pill. We need the yin yang pill. It, if how about the 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 grape pill? Could we do uh, that? Man, I can't. Uh, it's it's real hard to find any uh full wine. full indica purple these days, buddy. But uh, we no, have I know I test these pills for fentanyl. Well, that's, yeah, that's, nobody nobody brings up no goddamn pill at all. I mean, <laughs> how about no goddamn pill? No, but to get to get I'm back sober, to Sam's bro. point, to get back to cool. Sam's point, I don't I don't know I don't know what the answer is to that. You know, guys, I only know guys, how to how to start start fighting in certain areas on localities and municipalities. I don't I don't know that we will ever beat them. And that's, you know, maybe I'm a little black pill. Can I just say something real quick? Because I know it's very easy and I'm not saying anyone here is black pill or not black pill, but I personally believe that what is being presented in the news and what is happening, in my humble opinion, on the ground, not everywhere, not all the time, but more and more it grows like a like an like a urban sprawl in a weird way. And that is that I think we're winning. I think we, the content creators, have been winning this war. Again, everybody's laughing at me. I get it. But we're winning this war against these the, 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 the legacy media, man. I mean, 
We just see little things happening more and more. They keep wanting to bring back masks. Everyone's pushing back against it. They try to push monkeypox. Everyone's like, go fuck yourself. Okay. And this this trans swimmer can't swim anymore. A little things people are waking up. It, it, it is, uh, it's not happening overnight. But I do think people are waking up more and more. And they're seeing that people, the biggest thing we could do is show everybody that you're not alone. We, we can't wake them up. They can only wake up on their own. But it, when they see other people aren't afraid to express their, their truth, and that is that this government is ran by satanic pedophiles or whatever you want to believe, okay? They're not afraid to say, yeah, man, I think that's right. And you see people saying it more and more and more. I can't tell you how many people got the shot, got the booster, and now are like, Fuck that. I'm never doing that. I feel like shit. Not all of them. There's still people who choose to wear a mask on a plane. That's their choice. And I get to know who the dum-dums are, okay? Oh, yeah. It's like a like it's a scarlet letter, man. I, I know who the idiots are. Thank you. But I think we're winning. I mean, I know <laughs> Monka's smiling like you're a crazy person, but I really <laughs> do believe that we are winning. I do. That's just me. Well, okay. This is what I want Feel to free like, to beat me like a pinata. No, no. It's just, I know that people are waking up, but I'm not sure that like, so this, what we're doing here is, you know, the left and the right. Yes. We have an ideology, ideological difference when push comes to shove, what's the basic premise of society? What's, what's morally correct? What's most effective, but you have people waking up, but they're still not totally awake to the fact that, both sides are totally corrupt, that it's all identity politics and a mind game. So I want to, if I can put him on the spot one more time as our like guest liberal here, Jeremy. I want to know, you know, Jeremy's so totally uh, uh, awake to this stuff, but, you know, has he given up on the state yet? What could your argument possibly be? Uh, well, I don't, I haven't really disagreed with, with much that was said here. I mean, I, I agree uh, that the state is inherently oppressive. Uh, uh, I agree that these you know, hierarchies develop uh, in almost any system, uh, so I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I just think, uh, I mean, the state does provide certain services to the public uh, that are needed, whether it's roads or, or transportation, uh, schools. I mean, I agree the school system has been corrupted. Uh, uh, but they do provide education. It could be improved. Uh, they do provide health care. They can. In some states do provide free universal health care, like uh, Canada has a reasonably good system because uh, uh, I live there. So they do provide police. Now, as much as the police are oppressive, we still do need police. Uh, so, uh, for, you know, there are robbers, there are, you know, uh, domestic violence, there are murders. You do need the police for that. You also need national defense. I mean, we're organized into two nation states for better ill. So we need uh, protection. So who else could provide that? So to me, the channel, although I agree, the ideal would be more decentralized a model. And if that could be achieved, uh, would support it, uh, you know, it could be strived for. Uh, but, you know, the challenge would be for social movement to try and humanize the state, like in ways we we're saying, to get them to spend the tax dollar on human needs, social welfare program, instead of uh, out of control police, military industrial complex to place. 
large corporation under national control to break them up so you could have a, a more functional democracy. It may not be a, a perfect. So I, I think there are degrees of oppressiveness. Even in the U.S. history, there were times when the state worked more in the interest of the public, uh, like in the you know, uh, media post-World War II era with a New Deal. You had some constructive social program that were developed that did improve quality of life for people. There were, for a brief moment, there was hope for a peace with U.S. and Russia. There were some progressive elements within the Democratic Party at that time, I think led by Henry Wallace, who was pushing for cooperative policy between the U.S. and Russia that would have led the way to more peaceful world order after World War II. Unfortunately, he was ousted in the coup d'etat, and Harry Truman took over. So I think if there was a more... Uh, a powerful social movement to rally behind some of Wallace's principles. The government could have behaved in a more humane way. So I think that's what people could try and do. I mean, we, we live in a nation state system right now. I agree. It's not ideal. Uh, there are uh, better potential models, more utopian system. I hope would come to light if one is utopian or, or just better system, but we do live in that system right now. So I think social movements should try and humanize the and democratize democratize the government and develop a movement for to challenge the military industrial complex uh, and, and other ways I was suggesting. So now that's just my point of view. I think others have good, good ideas. Can, here, can, so. I, can I ask you, Joshua, how, how not, would one no, person, how would one government implement the utopia? Like I'm, I'm get you said, well, like, know, we, yeah. now we have nation states. We don't want that. You you said so, you said Joshua. Then, Were you talking to Jeremy? Oh, Jeremy. Sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. sorry. I was still triggered for yeah, what well, I'm, I'm just saying. saying I, still... I mean, yeah, I would <laughs> like a better. I mean, there there could be a uh, more decentralized form of government could eliminate all forms of tyranny, as some were suggesting. But right now, we have a nation state system, so we can the best maybe. I mean, we could we could try and develop alternative uh, approaches and, and work towards that. We could also try and mobilize to democratize the. The, the the system we have right now we live under a democratized but government that's what the right in usa have tried to do they tried right. to democratize the middle east like that's no, what they did advocate for that no a, a democratize your own government not promote imperialism because yeah imperialism is driven by uh corporation you know, capitalist interests and, and military industrial complex that's what you want to fight against i mean democracy has to come from within your society Uh, people, whether on the local, state, or national level, getting the government to actually work for them, you know, getting actual people who represent their interests. I mean, the American system has three branches of government. So, at the, you know, uh, at, at the local level, getting actual elected officials who will fight for the interests of your people to get the, you know, the projects you want in your community, good, good funding for education. You know, and spend, instead of spending uh, all that money to invade the Middle East uh, and to promote imperialism abroad, to have a government that actually works in the interest of the people. Jeremy, can I ask you something? How, how, and this is a legit question, because sometimes I think, you know, there are parts of government that might be great too, but how do we cut out corruption uh, out of the government? How do, how do we stop these politicians from just taking all this lobbying money and voting against our best interests? Like, Right now, like, there's a lot, listen, no country is perfect and no government, uh, no way of governing is perfect. There's things I would take from one place and a little from another place. 
Like, I would love to do a no-confidence vote on half these people in Washington, D.C. I'd love to be able to no-confidence open Only up a half? vote. Now these guys like, I'm in for four years. Town. It's like, now I know why women go nuts with guys who just say whatever, you know, they 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 have to to get laid. And women just go, oh, well, you guys are all liars. And I, I get it because that is that is running for office. They just tell us what we want to hear. And as soon as they get in, they just go the other way and they drive us crazy because there's no way to checks and balance that. We need to figure something out because right now, being a scumbag, being a liar, uh, selling out your country, none of that is at all punishable. I mean, it is, but nobody's getting punished. So how would you do that? Well, I think one way is to try and get money out of politics. Uh, that's important. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, cause politicians are easily corrupted, uh, by money through the current ca- campaign finance structure. So, uh, that's one thing, uh, you know, there are other, uh, ideas that can be put in place, including, you know, get, uh, 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 you know, caps on, you know, how long you serve in Congress. So, you know, the, it's constantly, you know, new people coming in who ruin the community, you know, not these, you know, career politicians, uh, uh, so I don't know. Uh, th- there are other ideas. I mean, yeah, there, there's going to be some layer of corruption probably in any form of government, but uh, uh, there are also, you know, mechanisms to fight corruption uh, through the judiciary. So, but I, I would say number one is getting money out of politics. That will cut corruption considerably and uh, cause the election of uh, officials who genuinely represent the public and not the big financial interest so that's number one for me i have i really have to stop you there because we don't have money in politics we have the revolving door system if you know someone so So if if you pay someone in finland you go basically to jail next day but if you do their bidding and then go work for them that's just i know them and no one asks questions so the mo- the money yeah, well money. so you put in laws to, to to make that illegal that they can't work you know my what my my wonder is how we're gonna get how are we gonna get money out of politics if if uh we have government that continues to do things like uh you know uh take government contracts for like building the roads and healthcare and all this stuff and you have these 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 corporations that are able to lobby the government for these contracts and that's where the money's coming from so how do how do we get so, we, so let we, me answer that you hyperinflate uh, you know, what, the currency so that it's worthless well, <laughs> problem solved well they're working on that charlie <laughs> so first of all I, I think that first of all modern day lobbying and i like to call it roger stone lobbying it's one of my biggest beefs with Stone. It was him and his cohorts that kind of made this system where now corporations were people in government. You could set up all these different packs because that's another way that they, they corrupt government. I think you have to take all that stuff away. I think that, you know, you have to set up meetings. They have to be public meetings, right? That way it's in everybody's interest. And Joe down the street has the same chance of seeing their representative as the Lockheed Martin representative. One. Okay. Now these are... How do we get these things done? I don't know. But when, when I think about that, I think about, hey, that's one way to do it. Number two, I love that you brought up judicial, executive, and legislative branches because, hey, that's how we used to have checks and balances. The problem with that is post-World War II, we had an executive within an executive and things began to become born classified. And all of a sudden, the OSS was the CIA. And all of a sudden, we had black sites like uh, Area 51. And the expansion of what we now know as continuity of government 
was discussed with our financial system at Bilderberg as one of the headlines uh, before they actually talked about democratic societies crumbling in financial ruin. So my point is that we have a voting system where it's not one person, one vote. We now have the technology where, you know, traditional methods of stuffing the ballots would be more difficult. Although, let me just say this, you had another career scam politician just get caught. I believe it was two weeks ago in Pennsylvania. He was actually part of the ad scam uh, scandal that got made into American hustle, but he was rigging elections with traditional me- me- methods of uh, blackmailing judges, of stuffing uh, boxes, of getting people on the voter rolls that weren't there to vote, okay, etc. And these were from 2010 to 2018. They act like they don't exist. So, you know, we need to take all the uh, voting systems that are online, offline, one person, one vote. We have the technology to do that. They're not going to do that. We need to make the military industrial complex accountable, right? We have to stop acting like the media in many cases isn't just an extension of them. I mean, we're waiting now, guys. They're finally admitting that uh, I think it's Mitchell's wife who was talking about the Watergate scandal wasn't a crazy person. <laughs> That's back in the 70s. That's how gaslit we are as a society. So there's a lot that needs to be done. I I think that honestly, the way our government was set up with actual checks and balances and people being able to be prosecuted in due time, it was a great system. It it was a one that did take out some people um, that were high level, but we got away from that in post-World War II. And um, we continue to get further and further away from it. Damn, Jason keeps blackpilling me, man. He's getting worse. <laughs> well, Joshua, <laughs> I have a question, Joshua. Yeah. He was talking about the elections. I'm an election guy, right? I sure. go down, I witness these elections. Uh, the one, the election that just came through in Columbia the other day. You talked about earlier in the show how you're going to win uh, seats on the lower level, on the, you know, what we used to say back in the day, building a bench. The election system is across the board, is the same in each state and each county. So no matter what, even if it's on a smaller level, it can still be gained and fixed and messed with. I mean, Shama Sawant, who ran uh, in Washington, she was running for a city council seat. Well, her adversaries with Amazon and all these other big corporations spent over $5 million to make sure that she didn't obtain that seat. She ended up winning and overwhelming the system, and it's kind of crazy that she was able to do it. But how do you plan on fixing that when the election system across the board is just, in America, in shambles? I mean, every single bit of it can be gained, whether it's stuffing ballots and now this whole situation with these drop boxes and also on the back end, we have proprietary software counting our votes and stuff. And that happens on the local level. So how do we fix that if it's the same system across the board? Well, I think the first step in the Libertarian Party, at least for us, was was to get rid of the people who kept saying that election integrity is a good thing, that we ha- or that, that it's that's good, and that we have good election integrity in this country, because that's what these these beltway libs were saying. You know, if you brought up the Trump election being obviously or the, the, the Biden election, you brought that up, they'd start calling you a racist and a Nazi and all this shit. So um, but we you know, when we started focusing on the local level uh, a couple of years ago, about two years ago, uh, we started winning. And, and I don't know if you guys know this, but we've won hundreds and hundreds of local elections around the country now, um, which was not the norm for us, you know, 10 years ago. Um, and, and it was because we overwhelmed, we had to go in and step in and start overwhelming the system. In fact, one of our, uh, somebody in Pennsylvania, one of our candidates who won mayor in one of the, the, the townships or whatever they call them there, uh, she actually just got removed from her mayor seat by the, by the, by the, 
the the board. Um, so so the, we are winning those seats now by overwhelming these municipalities. Um, and and it is it is it's much harder for us. But once we get into those positions, we have the opportunity to start working on election integrity integrity in in those those municipalities as well. Um, but it's you know it's it's just one of those things. The cards are stacked against anybody who's for freedom and truth and justice. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, a Democrat, or a, a Libertarian or Green Party. I don't give a shit. They're always going to be stacked against those candidates. We saw it when with Ron Paul and 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 certain Liberty candidates in the Republican Party, their own party stacked the cards against these people. You know what I mean? It's it's how it works in, in politics. And, and we have to just overwhelm that system. And I think it starts with education, it starts with focusing on areas that we know we can win. And uh, and we started doing it. I mean, we really did start doing it already uh, a couple of years ago. So. I advocate the lean on me approach. The movie, the 1989 cinema classic, where we grab baseball bats and we chain all of the doors to all of the voting centers everywhere all at once. And nobody gets to play in your fake rigged system anymore. <laughs> Nobody's going to do this. With the baseball bats, we can do what we've always wanted to do, or perhaps some of us may have done in, done in some version or another when we were, you know, ne'er-do-well teenagers, which is mailbox baseball. Sorry, man. I'm having flashbacks to the Ron Paul campaign when they actually the Republicans did that to their own caucus members. So, so I, mean, it, I have a question about the because your election system is so stupid. Can you go wait, you as from a Finland? Republican just... and vote Democrat? Is that a, a thing? Can, can, if you are registered Republican, can you vote Democrat? Depends on the state. The, yeah, but okay. yeah. depends on the election. Why the yeah, fuck do you ever in? Why don't you, you we, as we do in Finland, you're a citizen, you go in. Well, to clarify. They, ha they have your name. You yeah, say, but, this is my name. You show your ED ID. You go behind the door that nobody ever going to see what you're going to write down. Then you write it down, the number of the candidate you're going to vote for, and you drop it in a box and hope for the people that counts them is honest. Yeah. And that's the best. You can't fix an election that about. way, my man. You <laughs> but yeah, another, way, another thing. Well, another thing is, so it, it, look, in primaries, you can't vote for the uh, in most states. Some states you can do what you want. In primaries, you can't vote for the other party. But in right. the actual election, you can. You can vote for whatever you want. And you do. You go into a place and you flip switches. Last time I went anyway. Yeah, he's it's right. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just to be clear, that that is what happens. Now, all the rest of the stupid that happens, eh, there's other things going on. Uh, you know, did your vote actually get counted? Were you actually, even if you voted, did it did it actually go through? Because were you purged, this and that? All kinds of nonsense goes on outside of that. But the idea that you had there is right. You can, even if you're registered to another party, because otherwise I would have never been able to vote for anybody half the time. The only party I ever registered with was Libertarian. And previous to that was Independent. So... I couldn't have voted for anybody then, right? Because there was hardly ever independents or even libertarians where I lived running. Um, but no, that that does stand. Tim, oh man, you said something though that cracked me up because I was thinking to myself, you know, you you had this we, we're winning kind of feeling. You know, I had that at one point, and I think it was back in 2014. And then you know what happened? Everybody bought Trump. <laughs> as serious everybody bought the real estate hustler from queens who i knew exactly what we were going to get because i grew up in jersey uh and uh yeah took that seriously as a way forward i thought we were winning up to that point back then when i was doing my shows 
And ever since then, I don't know if we're winning anything. I got to be honest with you. Right now is the first time I felt like we were winning since since 2008. So I, I get it. I feel you. I mean, it's just, you know, I saw 9-11 Truth get sidelined. I saw a lot of other people shutting each other down because they had a disagreement over this one guy. And, you know, and it's just uh, and, and, the and WWE the villain. The, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes. For being the villain, for being a heel. And people yes. just rolled with it. Yeah. The, you know, for, as if as if that didn't mean something, if that wasn't somehow significant or, or important. The guy with a Screen Actors Guild card. The guy who, again, is the fake wrestling bad guy and in the Hall of Fame for it. The guy with the reality TV show, the, that, that guy, that guy is now your small government Christian soldier. Really? Right. Really? Okay. Right. That's, All right. okay. That's where I started there and went, I don't know what progress we made because I watched the grand split happen there. And I said, okay. You know, up to that point, I was willing to fight with everybody. I mean, hell, I'm still working on the JFK assassination, right? I mean, I'm willing to go long game, you know, please. <laughs> but this, I, I don't know. I, I'd love to feel like we were winning right now. I really would. I don't feel that way. I, I see around us a whole lot of zombies and a whole lot of zombies that don't know they're zombies. What would winning look like? You're saying you don't feel like we're winning. What what would winning well, look like for you? Like what if you if, if your ideal vision of winning, what what would that look like? You ever been to a, per, a Persian nightclub? Not yeah. Turkish, but like Persian. I actually have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it look a lot like that. Twenty-four yes, hours a day, just nonstop <laughs> Persian. Steve's got a serious utopia going on here. I love it. I love it. it's great. I I I, I can dig this. Yes. <laughs> Oh yes, for the Persian nightclub. I think I think that Sam brought up a really good point about the legacy media uh, kind of failing, which I think is a really good thing. Uh, and you could see that in in like Joe Rogan's show stats, right? I mean, this guy's getting more viewers than CNN. Um, he has Alex Jones on that 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 viewership triples. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's a lot of people out there that are just done with the fucking narrative in this country, and they're looking to other outlets. And I think Sam's got some serious validity what he said there. I, I really do. I think we are starting to win the media game and it, and it beat the legacy media and the, or or the the corporate news media as Michael uh uh, uh as sorry malice. as Dave Smith malice and Dave Smith like to say yeah sorry I got a brain oh, fart I there. Wanna, but, I want to slip that Dave that. Smith in there real quick. Yeah, I had to, bro. That's that's gotta, the buddy. Got to slip that in right there. That's the homie, man. That's the that's that's my my younger, uglier brother. You know, so yeah. I'm a big fan. Uh, good, no, good job, it's Josh. True. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. I think I I think there's a lot of validity to what Sam said that we are we are starting to win the media game and 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 COVID helped that really the COVID regime helped that along for sure. I feel like we're always going to be stuck, though, between sort of and now it's showing that this schism that you were talking about blind is showing itself now. But there's always there's two two different types of people, right? People that f feel free differently, people that want to be told what to do and feel safe in a structure where everything's taken care of. And then there's a whole bunch of us that just want to be left alone. So and I don't think we'll ever be able to have that system where they can get what they want and leave us alone. I mean, isn't it no matter what kind of corruption or what kind of system there is, there has to be an option for that kind of major flexibility. 
you hit it on the nose there too as well, because that is the problem right nowadays. There's a lot of us who want to be left alone. And there's a lot of people who want to be governed like that whole mean govern me harder, daddy, govern me harder. And, and it's so fucking true. So I don't even know how we do come to the, a conclusion and win this game. Let's give them Georgia. Hey, but wait they, a minute now. That was uh, Arkansas. I, look, I, I know I don't sound like it, but that's where I live. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't sound like it at all, buddy. <laughs> no, I know. Again, Jersey, you get Georgia is yeah. where I've lived for the past uh, several years. But uh, no, 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 no. Don't give them Georgia, <laughs> please, please, uh, because we, we've actually experienced something weird here. The COVID thing didn't affect us as much. It just didn't. I mean, yeah, it had the the greater, you know, we, we saw the greater uh, sort of what, what what should I say? The uh, the amassing of power among the, the corporate outlets and all that, the cookie cutters, they got to survive better than the smaller businesses. All that was true. But not everybody was masked. OK, not everybody wanted to get down with this. Not everybody got with the go get the shots. Not everybody was on Stacey Abrams team. Okay, Uh, which I still don't understand how they're running her again. You're going to run in Georgia and you're anti-gun. What's wrong with you? I I, I don't get it. But anyway, and I'm not thrilled. Go for Shane Hazel, by the way. She was uh, on the steering committee of Bilderberg. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Ted Metz, by the way. Ted Metz is a good friend of mine. Yeah, I like Ted a lot. He's an awesome dude. Shane's even better, though. What, what's the other guy, dude? That the ran the guy was running as a pu- Republican. He was a friend of the My Pillow guy, but he didn't get the endorsement from Trump. Purdue got it instead. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about? For you, for, for no, 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 no. I'm talking about this time coming around for governor. Oh, oh, governor. Uh, he, he, he didn't. I don't think he even ended up making. It. I think. I think. I don't know. I'm so focused on Shane Hazel's campaign, man. The, the Republican dude. It, oh my god, I forgot his name. Uh, the only uh, Republican outlier I know is Derek Grayson that, that ran, but he didn't run. I don't think he ran for governor. He's talking about this election this year. This yeah. year, oh yeah, yeah. Whoever the Republican is, look, that's that's a bad that's a bad sign. Nobody can name the Republican here. Yeah, well, right. It, it was Purdue. <laughs> it was Purdue, but it was somebody else that was involved, and I can't remember his name. And I think that uh, a lot of people were expecting him to be uh, the Trump uh, get the tap from Trump, but he didn't. Purdue got it instead, and then Purdue ended up getting his ass kicked. So I think, I think there's Kemp, some there's some kind of pretty good, good news. Kemp. Oh, Kemp. Kemp won. Yeah, the, the, he's he's a black guy. Um, oh my god, oh, Vernon Jones. Oh, thank you, Vernon Jones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he was into election integrity as well and whatnot. And a lot of people were surprised that Trump didn't tap him on the shoulder and say, "Let's go." I think we can wrap up with some some good news, and that is that I, the mainstream corporate horror media is losing their grip on society. <laughs> Nobody's listening to them. CNN lost 90% of its viewers. MSNBC has nobody watching it. Um, Fox News is, you know, Fox News. But it, it's, it's falling apart. And the people, that when they w- they're going to wake up to this at some point. And they're going to be looking for answers. And they're going to be looking to, to show our shows to try and figure out what's really going on. So we have a, a unique opportunity here to, to capture these people as they wake up out of their mainstream media induced slumber and they come to the realization of, hang on a second. I've been lied to by these bastards my entire life. Nothing that they've said is true. Uh, and they're going to be disoriented and trying to make sense of the world. And that's kind of where we step in and we don't, it's not to say that we have it all figured out, but 
at least I think that we're all coming from a place of wanting to make things better, being honest about how we see the world and our shows stand out. And, you know, because we're talking about the things that don't get on the mainstream news. So I'm appreciative for all of you guys coming out because, um, you know, this is the first step, right? It's, 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 we got to have the discussion. We got to, we got to talk about this stuff and figure, figure out how we're going to uh, strategize and, and move forward because it feels like the wheels are falling off the narrative. And I think that that's a good thing, but we have to make sure there's going to be a vacuum there. We got to make sure that it's not filled by some new version of the corporate media, but instead it's filled by people that are actually talking about the things that are important and they're delivering it in a way that's uh, honest and filled with integrity. And, uh, and hopefully that's the role that we can play. So, so I'm appreciative. All you guys were, were able to come out and, you know, and just, just give us your, your opinion on things. Ricky. I just want to add, add to you, Charlie Robinson, because I, uh, I agree. And I, and there's something else I spent 16 years in, in, in Hollywood and in film and TV. I'm telling you that whole model is done. It is done. People now the talent, the, the work is going to go where the talent creates it. And there are people grassroots all over this country, raising money, starting small film studios, starting small music mm-hmm. recording studios. There is such a, uh, a momentum going with creators outside. And I mean, like film, television, music, everything outside of the old model. They're ignoring the agencies. They're ignoring the hierarchy there. They're, they want nothing to do with Hollywood. From what I hear, Hollywood is a, is a ghost town cesspool and people are barely surviving. There are no deals. The CCP took back all their dirty money. And uh, it does appear that there are movies and projects and music studios popping up all over this country. And uh, the talent will start to also be decentralized. The ability to make projects that matter, that inspire and are the kind of movies I grew up wanting to make uh, will be coming out again. Will it will go back to, you know, music being music again and and film and plays. And I, I have a lot of hope in that realm from behind the scenes, in my opinion. So in that realm, I think we are winning in that that yes. space too. Decentralize everything. That's good because Hollywood is filled with literal pot belly vampire goblin pedophiles. That's it. That's all that that's all that live there anymore. So yes. <laughs> but they're they're everywhere. They're in politics, they're in fashion. Yeah, but they're really concentrated in Hollywood. <laughs> So uh, th- this is the part of the show where we uh, we let you guys plug your shows, your projects, whatever you have going on. Uh, any uh, Ronnie, maybe we'll go with you first uh, because it's uh, really, really, really late or really early in Finland. I don't know what time it is there, it's, but it's early. It's in the morning now. I'm, as my arm is going like a robot here, I'm trying to <laughs> make my son go to sleep again. So yes, I have the Enlighten Me with Ron podcast and I've had Ricky on, I'm going to have Charlie on and I have other guests in between and uh, Macadank is coming and uh, hopefully Richard Gage. He said yes, then he ghosted me a bit, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how, how that goes. But yeah, and I would love to have some of you USA so-called leftists on to really <laughs> think about what you think leftism means in USA because the right wing in Europe is left. So you guys may have it a bit confused what it means to be a leftist. So if you want to talk about that, hit me up. 
and and w- your show enlighten me podcast I, I know you have the video version on odyssey you want to let people know where you can get get it and uh you know if the audio is available everywhere uh, it's uh most of the podcast i i have not yet figured out apple because this they said i what i need to register like put a payment in and stuff like that i was like fuck you guys you're american bullshit country i will not do that so everything except apple should be fine so look out the like me podcast yeah check, yeah check it out if you want to know really what he thinks about lefties or america or america <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't like it, you guys either so. Hey, did you did you say you pay like sixty percent of taxes in Finland, dude? Come on, man, we're not that bad. Yeah, I, I, I fucking hate my country too. Doesn't mean I like you guys. Okay, fair, fair. Welcome to NATO. <laughs> yeah, right. You made my it made my government join your fucking what? What should you call it? Oh, your like hot mercenary economic forum, young global leader, president. Yeah, that one. She's yeah. putting out the boobs. Not our fault. So now everybody it, votes for her. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like here's my boobs vote for me and people are like oh I would. that's almost gonna work for tulsi gabbard when they put her with ron desantis later on the not running with ron desantis nah. she's running against him in the Republican party 100%. they're running against each other he's a fucking gusano watch yeah forget about it She's going to take Patch McCain's other eyeball on the debate stage. They're going to hold Republican UFC 24 right here. Meanwhile, they're both WEF uh, junior <laughs> leaders. So, right. Yeah, but Tulsi's been like persona non grata. She's not there. It's like Putin. They, they've been yeah, don't, expelled. Don't get, me, don't get me started They've been expelled. Sorry, man. Don't get we're me started wrapping up. We're not going to open a pack. I've never, I've never trusted, Holy I've shit, never trusted night. Tulsi. I've never trusted Tulsi. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Joshua Smith, where can we find you? Tulsi's a socialist gun grabber. Anyways, uh, I have a great oh. show that has not yet been removed from YouTube, thankfully. Uh, I am I am at, uh, you can find me at youtube.com backslash fight the despots. Uh, show's called Break the Cycle. I try to do it twice a week, uh, sometimes five times a week. It just depends on how I'm rolling at home with seven kids and a job and running a political party and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, check out my show there. You can listen to it uh, in the audio form on all the podcast apps, all that good stuff. So, um, I could even have a show with Charlie on there. It was really fun. Good one. Yeah. And one was, and one was Steve as well. It's true. Yeah. Bringing on all the, 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 the big names, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Graham. This has been fantastic. Like I said, every, I think we agree on way more than when, than we think, you know, anyways, uh, you can find everything at grimerica.ca. We do have a bunch of audiobooks there as well. If you click on the audiobooks thing, this will take you to a website called adultbrain.ca. There's, we even got the Unabomber Manifesto on audio there. So there's some pretty cool political and, and uh, secret society stuff on there. And we do trips and events with guys like Randall Carlson. We got some September spots open. We're going to be checking out where the, the mega flood and the younger dryest kind of wrecked, uh, wrecked your continent. Your, your your United States of America when the ice melted from Canada. So uh, we got some cool events like that at uh, contactofthecabin.com. So yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me. Are you Canadian? Are you from Canada? I'm from Canada. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, right. yeah. Hey man, I love hockey too. So we're going to open up your border. Can, can so, uh, so six I, million of us can come back down there. Seems a little high. Okay. Let's okay. give a shout out to Grand America because when the COVID started, you guys had a podcast about the medicine that will prevent COVID and listen to that like 10 times 
and didn't work. People didn't understand why I knew stuff, but you guys were early. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, we were on we were on it early and we were called crazy and paranoid. And now they wonder why we don't want to comply. Chuck Ocelli. Yeah, that's me. Uh, anyway, Ocelli.com. That's where uh, my podcast, The Ocelli Effect, comes out of. But I also produce a few others, uh, including Jack Blood. And um, let's see, and Aaron Franz, uh, The Age of Transitions, and uh, another thing called I'm Looking Through You with Bob Wilson. So uh, all audio stuff mainly. I don't usually do video. Uh, I'm not a visual medium kind of guy because, uh, as you guys uh, noted earlier, yeah, blind JFK researcher I'm also known as. So anyway, and I'm still somehow on YouTube, although they keep hitting me. Um, but uh, go go to my website if you want to actually get all the shows that they don't take down or you know screw me over on. Uh, I'd appreciate it, and uh, I don't get paid for traffic or anything. Completely independently funded. All that good stuff. So, Ocelli.com. Ocelli's got, the, the sorry. I was going to say, Ocelli's got the best podcast voice here, man. It's really good. It's a good one for sure. <laughs> I wish. I'm, I'm sick today, actually. Oh, uh, sorry, so maybe it made it better. Very, um, very AJ when you're sick. Well, if, no, you know what? People from Australia say that to me all the time. You sound exactly like him. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have the same accent. You, you, you're, you're missing the regional accent here. Okay. <laughs> Definitely from Jersey. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And also lived in New York. So you can hear all that. Anyways. Uh, no, no, no. I, I know. I'm always raspy and everything anyway. So, yeah. But uh, appreciate it, man. Thank you. We love you, Chuck. Of course, man. Mel, what's happening on the Mel K show these days? Oh, uh, well, fun times always. I have a great show coming out in the next two days with Jason, which is always great. Charlie's a great guest. I love I'd love to have on everyone because I like to talk to all kinds of people because uh, that's the best way to figure out what's really going on. And uh, it's the Mel show dot com. And uh, we, of course, have not been on YouTube for over a year, but we are on Rumble and BitChute and the Mel TV. That's our private server. And uh, we've been very blessed to uh, keep it um, going. And I'm very blessed to be here. Thank you so much, guys. I, I love all of you. And uh, thank you so much, Ricky and Charlie. Uh, you know, you, you are two of my favorite people out there and, uh, your Thank shows you. are amazing. And, uh, of course, Burmis is my, is my meter for what's real and what's not real. Just go watch Jason Burmis and you'll find out how good or bad the world is today. Speaking <laughs> so. of that, what's going on with, with, uh, Jason Burmis? Oh, I am currently booted off YouTube yet again. Uh, nice. even though I appealed it, that's another Yay. week and a half. Congratulations. Yep, peg me for a February 2021 video. They take me down every chance they can get. So we started a rumble. So we're rumbling. We almost have a thousand subscribers over there. Podbean, where I was supposed to have unlimited access because I pay like 30 bucks a month to do so, capped me today. So I was actually trying to put my stuff up there. Couldn't do it. Doesn't matter. I'm a winner. I'm going to keep putting stuff out, Charlie. So <laughs> everything's out there. You just follow me at Jason Berman's. Take my stuff. Spread it out there. You know, like I said, man, I'm having fun doing all this. You know, I know I talk about some dark shit. I spent an hour today talking about a literal, you know, possible high level occultic pedophile murder ring. Not my favorite subject. Not going to bring smiles, leprechauns and unicorns to the world. But you know what? <laughs> Unfortunately, the cart documents are real. There seems to be some validity in the case and people should know that's part of the power structure. So we're skipping along, Charlie. I want people to get my stuff, watch my films and share them, brother. We do too. AM Wake Up. You guys have created your own early morning 
show forcing you to get up early. I against my will, at least. Good lord. <laughs> right, baby. We changed our whole lifestyle. Well, Steve didn't change his lifestyle because you know he doesn't sleep that much and he's always up in the morning. For me, I was a nighttime guy. I always worked in the restaurant a business and I wanted to do this with Steve. We just, you know, obviously we work together with the same kind of crew. If you don't know about the combo couch, that's my other business partner, Fiorella Isabel, who just landed in Moscow yesterday. She's working for RT. So we're going to still continue to do our combo couch show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at around 11 or 12 o'clock, depending on her schedule. But this morning show has just been a blessing in disguise. I mean, yeah, I got to get up at five o'clock in the morning, uh, but I've changed my whole life uh, and uh, I couldn't uh, ask for a better partner in Steve uh, to do this with. And uh, we invite you all to come on when you want to come on, please do so. When you want to just drop on in, hit us up. But it is the premier morning show on the interwebs now. AM wake up 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Rockfin only uh, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m to 10 a.m. Tomorrow we have a couple guests on, including we're going to have Paul Merrick on, a uh, uh, doctor, to talk about a little bit what's going on with these attacked, attacks on the doctors that they are now kind of trying to put them in the penalty box, whether it be Dr. McCullough, uh, Dr. Simone uh, Gold. So, yeah, that's what we got going on. A.M. Wake Up. I'll pass it over to my brother, Steve. So we also are going to have a conversation with Jim Gale from Food Forest Abundance tomorrow nice. morning. And then uh, John Leake, who's co-writing the book, uh, co-wrote the book with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, is going to be on. Dr. McCullough was supposed to be on. He were rescheduling. He had a flight. He had to catch something like that. Um, <clears throat> tremendous week of guests this week, including from uh, the Ripple Effect, one Ricky Verandas. Uh, very, very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah, rockfin.com slash AM wake up, uh, rockfin.com slash slow news day, full archive for everything available for download for free at uh, videos.slownewsdayshow.com. And this is the best ensemble podcast on the planet. And Charlie and Ricky and Sam and Mike are the freaking OGs, dude. They rock. Awesome. What time zone is that seven o'clock at? Uh, Pacific. Okay. West Coast. That's nine for me. That works. I like that. <laughs> Macroaggressions is out right now. I got it. I got an interview with Nick Bryant from the Franklin scandal, which is a banger. Um, definitely check that out. Benny Wills will be on on Sunday. You can you can catch that macroaggressions in audio format wherever podcasts are served. In video on band.video, iconic Rockfin and Odyssey. Did Joshua, did, did you go already? Yeah, I, I went already. I should say that uh, uh, I'll be at Pork Fest uh, on Wednesday through Sunday this week, too. If anybody's in the New Hampshire area, it's the biggest uh, libertarian get together uh, of the year in the United States. And so it's all like, you know, in the in the mountains of New Hampshire and it's camp out. There's all kinds of great people there. Dave Smith will be there. You know, it'll be fun. Um, and and <laughs> uh, 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 every time you say Dave, Smith. no, that's he's just my buddy. No. And then on uh, Monday next week, I'll have Alex Stein primetime 99 on the show. Uh, the greatest the greatest city council troll. Of all time, so of all time, yeah. our generation's Andy Kaufman. Yeah, we we don't deserve him at all. At all. Yeah, Ernie Hancock was supposed to call in today, actually from uh, Pork Fest, and Richard Grove is there, and he's our he's a good friend of ours. So uh, you'll see all those guys. I love Ernie Hancock, man. I'm stoked yeah, to see him. So yeah, he's he's awesome. They've been trying to get me. I live in Massachusetts, so the, Richard's been trying to get me to Pork Fest for years. Just drive up there, man. You're like two hours away. You'll be all right. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not too far, no. Uh the ripple effect podcast.com. 
Uh, that's where you can find all my stuff. I'm on every platform just about besides YouTube. I've been banned off YouTube, so I am on Band.Video, where a lot of banned people are. But um, I'm on Rumble, BitChute. Um, have a bunch of great interviews. Uh, I don't even, I don't remember who's going to be on this week, but I just had Dave Rubin on recently. Did an amazing podcast with Monica Perez, who was on earlier today, The Propaganda Report, Monica Perez, and also her new show, deep dives with Monica Perez. We did like two hours and we did deep dives and just about everything. So uh, really fun. But the Ripple Effect Podcast.com available everywhere podcasts are available. So Sam Tripley, it. Tinfoil Hat, uh, Zero, Eight Million, uh, Cash Daddies, Eight Million Other Shows. I don't know. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam left already, huh? Yeah, just plugging his stuff for him. That's too bad. That's too bad. I, I someone had told me to ask him a question, and I totally, I totally skipped it. Unfortunately, they yeah. told me to ask him if he still got the wig. Do you know something about a wig? Anybody know about that? No. Mm-mm. All right. <laughs> but sounds kinky. Yeah. He said, does. Ask, ask Sam if he still has the wig from Jacksonville, and he just said, "Trust me." I wish I would have got that question. Oh yeah, they were but, there this this weekend. Yeah, it must have been what it was. I guess I don't know. I guess my buddy went and saw him down there this weekend. So, and then Mike. Uh, Mike OBDMPod.com, our big dumb mouth.com. Uh, thank you all. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thank you again. <laughs>